The information provided is not a substitute for legal and other professional advice where the facts and circumstances warrant. People should always consult their own legal or other professional advisors and discuss the facts and circumstances that apply to their specific circumstances. The information shared on Ask the Landlord is for educational purposes only. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ask the Landlord with your favorite landlord, Albert Dweck. I'm Melissa. I'm one of Albert's producers and a former New York City renter. And together, we're going to be asking this landlord some questions. All right, Albert, here's my question today. I'm going to give you three scenarios. You're going to tell me if the tenant has any leverage in these scenarios to stop paying their rent. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Scenario number one. There's been mold in my apartment for three weeks. It's in the bathroom and the kitchen. I've told the landlord and I've provided pictures. When can I stop paying my rent because of the mold? That's a that's a great question. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure it happens uh, pretty often. And one of the things you think about is called the warrant of habitability, um, which really, whether it's written in your lease or not, you know, your your apartment has to be habitable. Right. Um, and there are people also that are allergic to mold. Uh, and it's a serious, it's a serious issue. Um, what happens is also like, it's, it's almost like it's a depends question. Uh, so it depends, like it's not a all or nothing thing about not paying your rent. Right. So what I'm going to do is, uh, tell you some things that nobody does when they don't pay the rent meaning that if you want results you'll follow my my suggestions um uh, whether it's not paying the whole rent or the rent in general so first of all you know obviously because there's mold or a little thing or something wrong with the apartment doesn't mean the whole apartment is um you know not habitable um so that's one thing and obviously I'm assuming and presuming that you've made the issue clear to your landlord and you've made yourself available for him to fix it or her, right? Uh, During regular times, right? So we're assuming that basically you've communicated the issue, you've had them inspect it, and you've been available reasonably for them to... um, fix it and they still haven't or haven't made an appointment or whatever. It's like you feel like you're being ignored, right? So, you know, so here's where it gets to a situation where you're like, oh, I, I should I stop paying? I mean, what's the point? You have two, you have two points of, of not paying, right? At least two. One is, you want to get the landlord to make the repairs, right? That's the first one. And the second one is, look, if you if you have to live in these circumstances, it's not worth the same amount of money that you bargained for in the first place. So this is what you're after. It's like, why should I, how should I stop paying rent? Why should I keep paying the same rent if I'm having less services? Right. I'm not, I'm, what am I paying for if I'm not getting what I, bar- like I thought I was going to get in the beginning? Right. And the other thing is like, what if I don't if I don't pay the rent, the landlord will be motivated to fix the place and 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 get this done, right? Hopefully. 
So it's good to think about when you're when you're thinking about this, and it should do it. It should be very thoughtful, and it should also follow the rules. Okay. Um, there's a lot of levers to pull um, when uh, dealing with this. So now your landlord is basically unresponsive. You've given them, and all these things, by the way, you have to collect records of how, when, and who you communicated with. Um, sometimes you want to have an independent person look at it, you know. Um, so those are things that um, will help you bolster your case because ultimately it could get before a judge. When you say records, do you mean have it all in writing, whether it be text message or email? Is one better be. than the other? Could, not necessarily. It could be. Okay. Um, you know, but you want to have like a, a sort of record of the communication. I called this time. I said this. I did this. You know, um, this was told to me. No one picked up. Or I called at this time. I was told I would call back. The person called me back. They made an appointment. They didn't show up for whatever reason, right? I'll give you an example. We have to make some repairs in some apartment, and the tenant says, okay, come at this and this a day, and we show up, and they don't let us in. Like that's, And then they go, oh, I'm not going to pay my rent. I'm like, well, how is that fair? Right? Right? Oh, so let's make another appointment, and then don't make another appointment. So that's I'm I'm assuming that I'm assuming that you've done everything the right way, right? Where you really sincerely, you know, want to have this taken care of. Okay. And the landlord totally went not doing it. Okay, which happens. So now you're like, oh. How do I get the landlord? How much should I not pay? Right. So try to think of how much less your apartment is worth on the one hand, right? Mm -hmm. Because of having this issue or this inconvenience for a short period of time. So that so you have two questions to answer for yourself first. One is, and practically, one is how much less is my apartment worth to me? And then how, how am I going to get my landlord to actually fix it? Because there might be an instance in which you would say to yourself, you know, I don't want the landlord to fix it and I'm fine with paying less rent. That happens sometimes too. Let's say you thought you were going to get a certain refrigerator and you're happy with the old one and you say to the guy, fine. I mean, I'm, I don't want the other one. Give me, I'll pay a little less rent and we're both good. So there's two things to think about, right? So now if the goal is to get it completed as soon as possible, then you have to think about what's going to have the landlord do it as quickly as possible. And and again, one of my advice is to keep track of everything and uh, a record so that when and if you have to make a case in front of a judge or through an attorney or a third party that you have such evidence. A lot of people don't do that. Um, and when you, when and if you're going to have to make a case, you want to have all the documentation for yourself. Okay. Unfortunately, you know, most people don't do this. Um, and then the thing to think about also, it's just because there's a little bit of mold in your apartment from a landlord's perspective, it may not preclude you from paying rent in the whole apartment, right? It could be just a little spot or just an area that needs to get taken care of, but it's not the whole, it's not like you're not living in your room. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, so that's something to think about. Now, 
for me, there's a magic bullet that I don't see people using at all, which tenants should be using, right? And I'm going to say it to you. So the so now you're in a point where you want to get the landlord to do something and you don't think it's worth the rent and you need someone to sort of, you're having a dispute with the landlord almost, right? The landlord disagrees. How about you still pay your rent, but you do it into an, into an escrow account? Mm. And then you show the landlord, you say, listen, this is not a scheme for me not to pay the rent. Like I'm paying the rent, Okay. And I hired an attorney or, you know, I'm sure there's some guides online as to how to set up an escrow account. And then you show the landlord every month on the, on the when the rent is due, you say, I just want you to know, I want to resolve this and I have the money to pay the rent and I'm actually paying the rent into an escrow account. And when we settle this, there'll be money there to pay you. And here's the statement. Never have that has anyone done that to me. Really? And that I think is so powerful. That would be the leverage right there. It's huge. You go, I mean, you send your landlord a, a, an account statement that says, I'm not sending you the rent, but here's the money. When you fix the problem, you'll get it. Never happened to me, ever. And that's the best advice I could probably give anyone <laughs> is to do that if, if instead of not paying the rent, Pay the rent into an escrow account and show the and show and now you you could hire an attorney to do that too. Um, <clears throat> where there's a third party that holds it, uh, I think there are services that do that for renters. Um, again, it's so not done <laughs> that uh, it's very powerful, though. So as you could imagine, um, obviously the other way to do this is not to pay your rent at all. The landlord's going to, you know, keep track of this, and um, he or she is going to take you to court eventually, and you're going to have to go in front of a judge to do to resolve this. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant for the landlord. It's not pleasant for you to have to fight over it. Um, so, so my coaching is: make sure you have made yourself available to have the problem fixed. Make sure you document that during reasonable hours, you know. Um, make sure that you've communicated that to your landlord, you kept track of it, and then if the landlord still doesn't comply, you give him a him or her a deadline and you say, listen, if, if you don't do this, I'm going to have to stop paying my rent. And when you do that, you're not going to stop paying your rent you're going to stop paying your rent to the landlord. You're going to put your rent into an escrow account. And you're going to send the escrow account to the landlord and say, here's the money. All right. That, that, will get, that, that will get results. And it's awesome. That's, I think, a very, very powerful tool. That's great advice. I think how you – first scenario we talked about. So there's mold. And so that's only in a specific part of the apartment in my scenario. So let's go to scenario two where it could cover – more of the apartment. If the answer is the same, you can just say same. Um, so scenario two, let's say there's there was a hurricane or some sort of natural disaster, and now there's water that's leaking in the apartment, and it's covered the whole floor of the apartment. 
So I would say well, let's, I One of the things I want to, I, I agree with you. So it's, it, what do you say? It's, it's the apartment is uninhabitable mostly? Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. I think that, you know, certainly even in the prior example, some of these, a lot of times things are outside landlord's control. I mean, um, let's assume also why we assumed a lot of things about the about the resident, the tenant. Let's assume that the landlord cares and he wants things to be, he or she wants things to be good for the resident and not bad. So let's assume that the roof is in reasonable shape and it's not leaking and things like that. Or, you know, if it is leaking, he's tried to fix it and all that. And then, you know, and then mold happens um, or, you know, let's say a hurricane happens, which is totally a, like a, a uh, unexpected event, which, you know, happened in, you know, where I lived, we had water flooding us out and things like that. And it's like, have a little patience that, you know, we're all dealing with this, like a power outage across the, across the city or something like that. Uh, those are flooded like Hurricane Sandy or something, right? That causes major problems. So look, you know, everyone, I think we're all community, we're all citizens of the world, right? We're all humans. We all deal with it. Like, we have to make an effort, both the landlord and the tenant, and this is one of those times where we come together as a community and say, how could I help you deal with this? The landlord should be saying that to the tenant, and the tenant should be saying that to the landlord. Hey, we've had this situation. The landlord should work to find out what's going on to make sure that the tenant is okay. The tenant should make sure the landlord knows what's going on and that the landlord's okay and the other people are okay. I mean, this is a natural disaster, you know? And then, you know, given a certain reasonable time, I think I think communication is very key from both sides. Like I think the residents need to be communicating with the landlord about what's reasonable expectations given this situation. Like in COVID, for example, you know, no one wanted people in their apartment. People weren't going outside at all. And if you remember, we were on lockdown. And uh, people weren't calling for regular repairs and things like that because they didn't want people in their apartments. No one went out on the street, they stayed home. So, okay, so then what's, if something's an emergency, something's an emergency, it has to get taken care of right away. But if, and if the whole world is dealing with it, okay, we're gonna figure out how to deal with it, right? So that, now, of course, then if there's the, the, the this goes back to some of the insurance stuff that we talked about in prior episodes, but, Let's say the landlord has you're displaced by some natural disaster. You know, you know the landlord hopefully has some insurance coverage, or you have some insurance coverage, and you could work together to um, figure out what to do together. Um, each situation is different, um, but and I think something very often, and I don't think this enough, and 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 doing this podcast has helped me think about this a lot is. We need to communicate better, and I think the point of the podcast is that landlords and tenants are not on two different teams. You know, we're all human. We're all trying to live in the world. We should be communicating. You should know who lives in the building. They should know who owns the building. They should know who's responsible for helping them out. These are people's homes. I mean, we're just, you know, landlords are just trying to help provide for housing and, and and the residents are just trying to live good lives. I mean, so why can't we 
Why can't we all get together and get along and work this out? So land, so you're saying yeah. landlords should have like holiday parties for all their tenants every year? We should. Why not? No. I think that's a great idea. I've, I've, I've had, had that. I think really? it's a good idea. I've actually done Yeah. Because um, in New York, like I didn't, I didn't know anyone in my building in New York. It would be nice. It I mean, they're your neighbors. I agree. For in, I think the building would be better. The building would probably operate better. Um, you know, if you knew your landlord and and you know you all respected each other in a certain way, it would be it would make a huge difference. Do you meet all of your tenants in person before they sign a lease? I I I don't. I mean, I used to, but you know, um, at some point it gets to be. Uh, too much going on where you don't have enough time. Um, but I regret not doing that now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to. And uh, this is one of the things that's coming up for me as a result of doing the podcast is that it would be much better if we did. I met mine at a diner. I remember we signed the lease at a diner. I was like, okay. And never saw him again. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Scenario three. Let's wrap this one up. Okay. So another situation. It's not physical. There is an awful smell coming from the hallway in my building. It's seeping into my apartment. It's been there for days and it's horrific and almost toxic. What do I do? Can I stop paying my rent because of the smell? How does that work? Right. So that's a good question. I give you more, a more common one. Um, if I could redirect there, um, and I think we'll hit the boxes as to, you know, how to think about it. Um, one is like this. Let's say you're in your apartment and you don't you don't smoke. You're not a smoker, right? And there's someone, you can now smell smoke in your apartment, right? Meaning as a result of, so you could smell cigarette smoke. That's and you're awful like, and toxic to me. <laughs> you're like, that's awful and toxic and I... Um, I don't, you could say I don't smoke, um, and I could smell smoke and I'm like, what do you do about it as a resident? And then what does the landlord have to do about it? Those are questions, right? Right. What do you do? Okay. This is very similar to the noise conversation we had under the podcast is that first of all, review your lease, your Sometimes it says in the lease that there's no smoking, okay? But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes smoking is allowed in your own apartment, right? So that's possible that, you know, you're in your own apartment, right? And you're allowed to smoke. You could see how that would be so? Right. Okay. But you're telling me that, let's say, in the hallway the smoke is coming out. So this guy is smoking in his apartment or people smoking in their apartment and then the smell is coming out into the hallway and into your apartment. Well, then the landlord has to do something. So you tell you so you tell the the other tenant and you say, "Listen. First of all, obviously I'm assuming on the one hand the lease says whatever the laws are. So let's assume that the lease is the lease says that a person's allowed to smoke in their apartment. If they're not, that's a whole that's easier to handle, right? Because then you 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 tell the landlord, "Hey, I, my lease doesn't allow smoking. Does this guy does this guy's lease allow smoking? Because I'm smelling smoke. How do we deal with that?" 
Is that ever a situation where in one building, two different apartments, like one could allow smoking and one could not? Sure. Really? I mean, you could do pets. Let's say one apartment allows pets and one doesn't. That's possible with this. Sometimes there could be different rules for different people, uh, depending on the the unit in the building. It's possible. Um, Now, it's not usual uh, that there's smoking allowed in some units and not others. Um, And... It depends on the landlord. Some buildings don't not allow smoking, meaning they allow smoking in units, and some buildings don't. You know? Okay. You'll want to check that. Now, let's assume that the building allows smoking, or how about if you're living in a co-op or a condo, and the guy, or not a condo, yeah, you're living in a condo and you have a unit owner next to you that's renting out their condo. And in the condo, you could smoke. So the question you have is, I could smell smoke coming from the hallway. You want to find out where it's coming from. And then you're like, I want to tell the, I want to tell the person. So tell the neighbor, listen, what you do in your apartment, again, is your business, Okay but I want you to know that it's coming to the hallway and it's coming to my apartment and I can't handle that for whatever reason. So can you please do something to mitigate the smoke that's coming into my apartment? Okay? That's the first thing always to do is to call a person and tell them, let, you know, let them know. Then if that doesn't get anywhere, then you tell the landlord, say, listen, landlord, I, I can't deal with the smoke. I have a problem and it's, it's affecting my enjoyment my quiet enjoyment um and that smoking is while it's allowed in this apartment it's coming out into the hallway and it's getting into my apartment even if it's allowed in the apartment and not coming to the hallway but getting to my apartment it's a problem so you know i need you to get involved because it's affecting me right so then the landlord would intervene and tell the tenant you know hey you're you're affecting somebody else in the building and you're gonna have to do something about that. Either put in a filtration system, uh, insulate your doors and windows, do something else. So if you want to smoke in there, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be uh, not bothering other people. Um, again, the idea is that we're all different. We all have different um, needs. We have freedoms in our own place. We should be able to do what we want. But if it's going to bother other people, we need to be sensitive and cognizant to that. And the landlord should help that uh, out. Certainly if it's in the hallway, when it goes into the hallway from someone's apartment, it really goes into the landlord's turf, right? Because it's a common area. It's a common. So in that regard, then then the landlord, and I've done this before, I called the tenant. I said, listen, you whatever you do in your apartment is one thing, and then it's not in the lease, right? So you say that. And then, but if it's coming to the hallway, I got a problem, right? And if the guy doesn't stop it from coming in the hallway, I tell him, I say, you know, if this persists, I, I can't have you continue to live here, right, that way. So, you know, and then that's that becomes an issue. Could you ever update the person's lease and say, like, the following year, smoking isn't allowed? On a renewal, but then On they would renewal. have to agree to it. Right. Yeah. On a renewal, you, would, you could change. That's the occasion for the landlord to update the terms. You might say, look, I'm going to renew you, but... We can't have smoking anymore. I'm going to renew you, but this this pet that you have, you know, we can't 
we can't accommodate, which happens, you know. And then the renter has to decide because that's a natural time of break in the lease that's they can they can say, oh, you know what, I'm oh I see my lease term is up. If I'm gonna stay, I have to abide by these rules now. Okay. Different. All right. I think that was really good. Those were three different scenarios. It was different elements of the world that happens into your units. Honestly, those except the leaking, those have all happened to me. So I thank you. I wish I knew all of that back in the day. And thank you so much. That was Ask the Landlord. Thank you. For more episodes, please subscribe to Ask the Landlord on your favorite podcast platform. We'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch the show, check out our Ask the Landlord YouTube channel. If you have a question for Albert, feel free to contact him on Instagram at Ask the Landlord and check out his TikTok at Ask the Landlord. Bridging the gap between landlords and tenants, this has been Ask the Landlord. Thanks for listening. Thank you.